Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, who was the strange man in overalls that appeared from thin air lurking over a bed? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And it is 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. To share your real ghost stories with us, we would absolutely love to hear them. And if you like the program, you want to help keep us on the air, get access to the bonus episode every single week, the archive of uh, ghost stories, which is the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. Uh, you get access to that, all of it commercial free. The ebook, the audiobook, it's all there for you. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to get in on all of that and help keep the program on the air. Tony and Harper with you on today's episode of the program. Happy Turkey Day! Well, it's uh, the other week. People that you, you, people may still be on leftovers. Happy Leftover Turkey Day! <laughs> it's the uh, the challenge of how long can you make turkey last. And, and you're going to be excited about this, Harper. Uh, we have not done this yet. But uh, we have the uh, the not the, the food dehydrator, the uh, freeze dryer now. And um, you can freeze dry things like turkey in it. So not only will we make that giant tur- turkey that we have between us last through all of Thanksgiving and the following week, we'll freeze dry it. And then every week until it's gone, which by all estimates right around the 4th of July. We'll have turkey. We'll just freeze dry. Then we'll just have turkey every day. For I know how much you love turkey. How does that sound? So like literally about half a year. So 360, what's, what's 365 divided in two? You're in that math class stuff. <laughs> have you done division yet? No. That's a pretty big division problem. 182 days uh, and a half of turkey. After Thanksgiving. How does that sound, honey? I think the hell not. That's the gift that keeps on giving. I think I'd probably barf after a couple days. <laughs> I, I can only eat turkey. You know, it's funny. You love turkey. Isn't that? That's like one of your favorite things at Thanksgiving. Yes, but I can't eat eat it every single day. Sure. That'd sure. be That'd be like if I got fed peanut butter and jelly every day, which, fun fact, that actually did happen one time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Fun fact. Um, Fun fact for you, I'm not very big on uh, day-old turkey. Uh, I'll eat it the day of, but uh, meats, I don't know, sometimes... After the first day, I don't like microwaving them. I'm not a huge on reheating them. I, sometimes you can, I'll use them in soups or like fajitas or something, but um, I just, I don't like eating the turkey just cold. I will probably go at the Hawaiian buns for about a couple months. If there is any left ever, that's the thing. They're usually all eaten up by the day of. I, I'll go on stuffing. I, I love stuff. That's my favorite. My favorite food for Thanksgiving is stuffing. Um, and I'll, I can eat that for days. Um, I, I also love stuffing. Yeah. 
I should make. I you've never had this, and I think you'd like it because uh, one of your favorite dishes is crawfish etouffee. I've made crawfish stuffing. It's really good. You season it up like sausage, um, and then you put it in there because there's sausage in stuffing. You, did you know that? In a lot of stuffings, there is some. Some there's not, but yes, I did know that. So huh. you do that with a little bit of sausage in there, and it kind of make it a Cajun-y flavor. It's really good. That does with not cornbread. sound good at all. Oh, wait till you try it. Your mind will be blown. It'll be amazing. I think there's even like, I, I, I used to be, uh, when you search, when you Googled crawfish stuffing, I was like the first result that came up for quite a while. Let's see if it's still, if it's still out there. Uh, no. I mean, this was years ago. Let's see if I put my name in next to it. Let's see. Let's see. Um, an old blog from like radio days. Um, I don't know. I, it's out there somewhere. I think it's on YouTube at some place, but, uh, it's, it's great. Anyway, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our first letter of the day. It says, Dear Tony, Harper, Carol, Todd, EPP Gravekeeper here. In the early 90s, my sister and I moved from our small hometown in southwestern Utah to Salt Lake City. We both found places to live in Historic Avenue's neighborhood. Just in case you were wondering, we get along very well when we don't live together. My sister's apartment was a couple of rooms on the back of a home that was probably built in the mid to late 1800s. It was small, very perfect for a young woman just starting out. Small bedroom, tiny kitchen, living room, and a cramped bathroom. My place was a short three blocks away, so I'd come over to visit frequently. One day when I came over, she was a little freaked out. She said that she saw a ghost in her bedroom the night before. She was climbing into her bed, which was just a mattress on the floor. After getting settled, she saw a young man in bib overalls standing at the foot of her bed. He kneeled down on her bed, then suddenly disappeared. She said that he didn't look sinister and she didn't feel a bad energy in the house. She was thinking that it might be one of our long-departed ancestors looking in on her, but who knows. This experience is a bit more recent. During the year from hell, in late spring of 2020, my wife's brother Tyler was diagnosed with untreatable colon cancer. His healthcare providers gave him a few options. The least objectionable was for him to live out his final days with his parents in their home. My wife and I were not crazy about this idea because they were both over 80 and not in the best health. Mary Jane, my wife's mother, was in need of constant care because of her progressing dementia. Daryl, my wife's father, had been taking care of her. Now he had to take care of his dying son as well as his ill wife. Thankfully, we had the help of hospice, Tyler's oldest son, and many friends and family. During this time, Tyler's cancer had progressed so far to make it impossible for him to relieve himself normally. Not to gross you guys out, but this part is relevant. His body created a new opening to release waste. The wound had to be regularly cleaned so that it didn't get infected. We had a pile of washcloths that had to be sanitized daily. Mid-August, Tyler's fight ended. 
During the week that followed, my wife was over to her parents' home frequently to help with laundry and to get the house ready for the onslaught of family that would be coming for Tyler's funeral. This one day, she was alone in the house, in the laundry room. There was a pile of Tyler's clean washcloths in a laundry basket. My wife put a note in the basket saying clean so that her father would know that she had already taken care of him. She turned her back to the basket to take some wet cloths from the washer to put them into the dryer. Keep in mind that this small laundry room has no windows. She was the only one in the house. The AC wasn't on. In a matter of seconds, she turned back around and the note that was on the washcloth was now across the room. There was no doubt in her mind that it was her brother making himself known. My wife lost her father two weeks later and then her mother six months after that. She's had experiences related to both these deaths that I'll tell you about another time. Thanks to your great podcast, I wouldn't have gotten through the pandemic without you guys. Take care. Vanessa. Okay, another waste hole. <laughs> Go in there right away. <laughs> Just jumping right into waste hole. Oh, I didn't know that that even happened. That's, that's, I think we both learned something unless you knew that that could happen. No, I didn't. And I feel horrible for the, the man who was going through that. I guess I just had no idea that that occurred. Yeah, that's... Another way. I'm sorry. Though. No, but that um, that uh, that really kind of got my attention uh, and kept it there uh, <laughs> for most of the story. <laughs> yeah, me too. But uh, thank you for sharing that experience with us. We do greatly appreciate it. Next one says, hello, my name is Chris out of Colorado. I've been listening for a little over a month and just signed up as an EPP. I decided I wanted to send in my story from when I was a small child and would love to hear it on the air. When I was a child in the 90s, I had a strange encounter that would change my life forever. You know, when you're a kid and you don't have hang-ups on believing in what most people would not, and sometimes you see things that an adult would not normally be able to see? Well, my story takes place in a small town when I was the age of three. My parents just decided to go to a friend's house for a night out. My parents and their friends, who were called John and Deborah, had been talking and having a few drinks while I was playing with some toys and watching Disney movies. When I started getting laid, I'd been laid up to sleep in the spare room. The door was left cracked so that if I'd awoken the adults, they'd be able to hear me. Well, fast forward a few hours, and there was a sound like a child bouncing a ball from the floor to the wall and back again. My parents had thought it was the neighbor, but John and Deborah had stated that the neighbors next to them were gone for the weeks as well as the apartment above theirs having been unoccupied. About roughly 30 minutes, the door to the room in which I was to sleep in had slammed shut and I started crying. All four of the adults had tried to get the door open and started to smell a distinct sharp odor like that of the old gas lanterns. When the door had finally opened and when my mother had asked me what had happened, I told them that the little boy's father would not let us out of the room. Well, me being a small child, of course, my statement held little validity. So my mom asked what the little boy's name was and what he looked like. So I told her his name is Emeril and he's taller than me, about five, was wearing short pants with overalls and shoes with no strings. The adults had become a little worried at this point because what three-year-old is going to come up with the name Emerald and a description that I had? After a few days and some research, my mom had found that in the early 1900s, the apartment building was 
used kind of like a halfway house for orphans and workhouse children. The owner, who had a son around 5 to 10 years of age, had locked the children in and killed himself and the children by setting fire with a kerosene heater. The end. It's not the end, but more of an origin story. After this incident, I had gone on with an awfully close friend and the little boy. Now, as an adult, I realized his spirit became attached to me as I had been able to see him and acknowledge him, providing some sort of normalcy and validity to him. As time passed, this ghost child was my best friend and confidant. I would talk to him, play with him, and he was like a normal friend to me. After a few years had passed, he disappeared and I stopped seeing him. I believe that the companionship I had provided may not have been something he had experienced in life and it helped him move on. I hope you like my story. Hope to hear it on the podcast. I'll have more stories to share and we'll send them in at a later date. Well, that was kind of tragic. Yeah. You don't you don't lock the door on some children with gas lamps. And that's today's lesson, everyone. On Dateline. So we learned today about um, holes that can appear in one's body uh, at the end, which is very sad. And uh, again, it's just kind of stuck in my mind. Um, <laughs> and uh, don't uh, lock children in a room with uh, gas and fire. That's... Um, yeah. Not usually a recipe for success. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online if you want to share a real ghost story with us. Let's go uh, over here to another caller. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, Tony. Um, I tried to call in my story before, but it hasn't been put up yet, but I just um, wanted to tell you more that's been going on in case you ever want to broadcast it. Um, again, my name's Lydia. Love your show. Um, so I'll tell you what happened. Um, so my college is, it's old, but there are plenty, you know, like new buildings here. And, um, in one of the buildings that I'm in, it's, it's probably like 20, 30 years old. It's not that old for someone to be like, you know, supposedly haunted. But, um, what happened was, um, my professor, um, we have a class where we weld metals. It's called Principles Fabrication. It's really fun. We're going to start getting into wood woodwork. But anyways, my professor was like, hey, I didn't grade your welding project. Could you bring it to, to the lab so I can grade it? And I said, sure, because I realized I brought it back to my, my dorm um, before he graded it because I supposedly thought he did. So it was probably like Sunday... 4:30 in the afternoon and so I walk into his lab and I'm, I'm pretty light on my feet like it was I'm pretty quiet and I came up and I tapped his shoulder and he jumped when I did that and I was like oh I'm, I'm so sorry I didn't mean to scare you and he's like no it's okay um you're gonna think I'm crazy but I'm pretty sure this place is haunted and I kind of gave him a look because I'm skeptical I do believe in this stuff but I try to think in a realistic, like, you know, mindset instead of assuming like, oh my God, there's a ghost. <laughs> so, um, I was like, okay, well, what do you mean by that? Like, what, what, what makes you think that he's like, well, um, the lights will flicker and I would hear something walking around and sometimes the radio would turn on by itself and the toilets would flush and the sinks would turn on, doors would open and close and 
I'm like thinking, okay. So I asked him, like, well, do you, do you feel like you know why it is? Or is, was this just so sudden? He's like, well, a man did die here back in like the fifties. Um, his name was Todd. He was the old professor. Um, like he had the same, you know, job that I did. Um, but the story goes that he went into the wood shop to go turn on the lights and prepare for the day for his students. And he suddenly just died of a heart attack and he just collapsed and died. And I will be honest, we, when we were doing, you know, metal arc welding and whatnot, we were in a different room, but we would all put our book, our book bags in the wood shop. And some days when I come in there a little earlier than others and I'm by myself, I felt weird in the room. In some sense, I feel like it has some senses to the paranormal, but because I've had weird stuff happen to me, but it's not like strong enough to where I can know like there is something here. I just felt weird. No one else felt weird and had asked before. I'm like, do you ever feel weird in this room? They're like, no. So I'm like, okay. So I try to ignore it. And now that I'm aware of what's happened and it's in the same room where this man supposedly died, I'm like, oh, well, this all kind of clicks together. This is what's going on. So, um, that was Michael's story and my other professor, Hunter, he, you know, he's like, so Michael told you about Todd. I said, yes, he did. He's like, oh yeah, he said you're into that stuff. I said, yeah, well, I find it interesting, but I'm not like, you know, going to go crazy and want to like ghost hunt or anything. It's just, I find it intriguing. Like, wow, this is what's going on. He's like, well, I will tell you how weird stuff happened to me and I've ran out of here a few times and mind you. These, I'm in, a, my major is involved with agriculture. And these are full ass grown men saying that they are scared. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, there's something happening here. Um, so Hunter was like, yeah, it was Christmas Eve one night and I was making my son's gifts and I heard a bunch of commotion down the lab. So I went downstairs and I called out to Michael and this talking stopped. And I looked around and I saw nothing. There was nobody here and I didn't care. I, I, for, I left my son's gift in the, in the office and I ran out and I went home. I was freaked out. And he said that he would see faces in the, in the windows or uh, in the glass doors, weird stuff like that. And I'm like, ooh, that's so weird. But I got so excited. I'm like, this is so interesting because, you know, this is, this is like, this is not an old building. And there's stuff happening in it. I just find that really crazy. So, because, you know, like, you know, usually it's always in, like, an old Victorian, like, 1700s type home. There's stuff going on, of course. But this building's like, probably made in the, you know, the 50s. So, we were doing something with sheet metal. And me and two other girls were wanting to make stars. So Hunter took us in the wood shop because everybody else wanted to make a, a dustpan. So he was showing us how to do it. And while he was talking, something collapsed upstairs. And we all looked up and my friend next to me was like, what was that? And he looked at me. He's like, I think it's Todd. And both girls were like, what? Who's Todd? Who's Todd? And then he explained it to them. And throughout the day when he left and we would kind of, you know, run back and forth to the thing where we're cutting our sheet metal. Um, Jasmine, my friend, she came to me later when I was cutting my metal and she's like, 
I'm hearing stuff. I said, what do you mean? She's like, well, I'm hearing something, you know, walking back and forth. And I told her, I'm like, I wouldn't worry about it. If you keep thinking about it, then you're probably going to get, you know, your mind's going to play tricks on you. So just don't think about it. Okay. Cause like, I do believe this stuff, but whenever you get panicked by something happening, your mind plays tricks on you and then you assume it is a ghost. So I try to stay like, you know, calm and, you know, just ignore it because if you keep giving it attention, you're just going to mess with your own brain and this thing is going to want to play around with you if it's like that. So she ignored it. But then when I was alone and me and this other girl was alone, she started hearing it, but I knew I was hearing it, but I didn't want to say anything because I'm like, maybe I'm overthinking it. She's like, please tell me you're hearing this too. And I said, yeah, I am. <laughs> so it was crazy. But um, yeah, that happened the other day. And Michael wonders if maybe Todd is trying to gain contact with him because this, this, this thing is like turning on the radio, flickering the lights. And I'm like, well, he could be, but I wouldn't, you know, mess around with that type of stuff if you're trying to get in, in, you know in communication with him he's like well what if i use the ouija board and i was like i just literally said to him like no do not use the ouija board because from listening to y'all's podcast and watching enough like ghost hunting shows i know for a fact a ouija board is not going to get you anywhere it's just going to bring a lot of bad juju into your place so he did a question it and he just said okay and i said i'm like if you really want to get into contact with him i would just get like you know I forget what they're called, those things, those communication boxes, like that you can have the spirits, like, you know, get into and like talk to you or whatever. But I was telling them, like, just get like real materials that ghost, ghost hunters use and you can probably get into communication with them. So that was that. Um, but sometimes I feel like there's some, there's something in my dorm. It's a little side story, but it was fall break and I stayed at the university because I had to go home for COVID and it wasn't that long ago. So when fall break came up, my parents were like, you already saw us. And it's just basically going to be two days for you to hang out with us and you have to go back. So just stay there. I was like, okay. My doormates and my roommate went home. The whole entire floor is empty because everybody decided to go home. And I was on the phone with my mom. And let me tell you, I didn't shower for a couple of days. The shower is dry. Keep that in mind. And I was talking to her and my shampoo bottle fell. Now, my mom assumes that I misplaced it, but I'm like, well, how could it fall after two days of it sitting there? Like, that's not possible. Like, from the law of physics, that's not possible for that to happen. So she's like, I don't know, but <laughs> she's, she's thinking I'm overthinking it. But I thought that was a little strange, but I try to, you know, put that to the side. But then recently, I was just in the bathroom, you know, putting on my contacts, you know, taking my medicine. And I heard the shower current jingle. The thing, the hooks are holding the current. It was jingling. So I looked into the um, actual bathroom itself and I was like, weird. So I went in and I'm feeling the air, trying to see if it was the draft. It, it, that, that couldn't have happened. So I don't know if it's something else or maybe Todd's like, following me but I don't think it is because I'm not opening myself up to where he could where this thing could attach me but maybe it could be my grandfather I don't know what it is but it's freaky and these things don't happen often so rarely something would happen but it's mainly in the bathroom so 
anyways, I don't know. A lot of random mumbo jumbo. Um, hope it gets on the air. Um, I have a lot more stories that have happened to me and my family. If you ever want to hear them, I will call back. So, yeah, y'all have a great day. Bye. If you want to talk about old uh, Victorian places being haunted, look at the Conjuring House. The uh... Conjuring was more of a farmhouse. That was not really Victorian, though. Well, then there. Amityville? Amityville. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, definitely Amityville. I mean, there's. I mean, it's it's what you think of when you. I mean, the Victorian type style, and Amityville's not really that Victorian, but, um, but there's a lot of. Um, it existed during the Victorian ages. No, it didn't. Did it? No. <laughs> they haven't gotten to that part in history yet, have they, honey? No, no, honey, no. <laughs> Just no. Um, <laughs> we don't have time to do the history lesson. So, I would like to. I'll let the public educational institute um, eventually get there at some point. Uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> they'll I, get there. They'll. Uh, I'd rather you. Uh, well, off the air, we can quickly. I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in on the uh, quickly wh- when educate that was. me. You want the you want the quick <laughs> education on Victorian times? Yes. Uh, well, what better place to get it than Wikipedia? Everybody. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll just uh, the Victorian era honey uh was uh encountered from uh june 20 oh wait yeah it was a period of queen victoria's reign okay so that's why it was called victorian um i did not know that um it was uh from 1837 to 1901 would have been considered the victorian era so that house on long island i don't believe was an 1800s house but um, I guess a little bit after, I mean, quite a bit after the Victorian era. I think the house is like 1920s or something. Oh. So, um, but um, no. Um, anyway, well, that's interesting. The Victorian era. It just kind of looks like it'd be a Victorian house. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, it's interesting to know what... Um, I know, time window and all that stuff was. All right, uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We would love to hear them. We're learning all sorts of things today. Hi, let's hear it. Hey, Tony, Carol, Harper, everybody. Um, My name is Janae, and I'm calling from the Central Valley of California. I wanted to call in and share an experience we had in my newish house that is actually very old. I um, purchased a house that is 110 years old about a year ago and started remodeling um, and really just moved in this past summer, which is when we started noticing some interesting things happening around the house. Um, At first, it started as just little things like, oh, we left the hammer over here, but now it's over here. And where did we put the nails? Oh, how did they get in the closet? Little stuff like that. Um, And then slowly as I moved in... um, I would turn my back and forks would fall off the counter or plates would fall off the counter, kind of, you know, that were pushed far back. So I just kind of noted them, said, all right, well, that's strange, but not surprising. This house is super old um, and we're, we kind of have it in upheaval right now. So really nothing super menacing or spooky. Um, so one night I put my daughter down in 
her room and it was summer, so it was hot. So we had the fan going on, the ceiling fan in there and turned the light off from the fan so we could leave the ceiling fan on. So did the little pull string, turned it off, whatever. She went down. Um, okay. And um, I was sitting on the couch with my boyfriend. We kind of have our every night chit chats. Um, so we're chit chatting and he gets this look that comes across his face and he's staring over toward my daughter's bedroom and his mouth is kind of open and I was like, what's going on? And I turn around and look and the light had somehow turned itself on by itself. So um, the the energy in the house after that got really, really heavy. We went into my daughter's room and checked on her. She was fine. And at that point, I didn't really feel comfortable with her being in there alone. So picked her up all sleepy, put her in my bed um, and slept through the night okay nothing nothing else strange happened but um a few things started to continue around the house nothing as obvious as a light turning on um I had a little chit chat with whatever was causing the ruckus in the house and did some saging and um everything's kind of dissipated but it was a really interesting few months at the height of our renovation and um Really, nothing has happened since then. Maybe some little things, but um, nothing super glaring. And we have one more big remodel to do in a bathroom. So I'm curious to see if activity picks back up during that remodel as we're busting down walls and um, kind of reconfiguring the place. So potentially more to come about that. But that was my story. I just wanted to share it. I love the show. Um, I was an EPP for a while and I will to hop back on that pretty soon here um, and I just love the show I've been listening since 2015 and um, just want to thank you guys thanks so much bye don't let the ghost near the child <laughs> <laughs> yes that's uh, that is true well, thank you for calling in and sharing that uh, that story with us. We do greatly appreciate it. It's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, and more. Again, patreon.com slash real ghost stories or uh, ghostpodcast.com. Until next time for Harper, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. If you want more real ghost stories and access to the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, become an extra podcast person, an EPP. Sign up now at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories.